This is the best, 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 best practices in education and Odyssey School podcast. Let's fly away in a cloud. We'll go down to Odyssey. We'll learn some cool new things and new opportunities. Because Odyssey is made of magic, made of magic. This podcast aims to offer professional resources, practical tools, and inspiring conversations to teachers and parents in their quest for excellent education. And the trees are rainbow, and you'll see the corn every now and then because that's not weird at all. Welcome to Best Practices, an Odyssey School podcast. My name is Corey Adams, and I'll be your host. Today, we are joined by kindergarten teacher Samantha Soul. Sam is a native of Tallahassee, Florida, where she graduated from Florida State University with her bachelor's degree in studio art and art history. After graduation, she relocated to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where she spent five years as a principal dancer with the Chattanooga Ballet Company. While employed at the Chattanooga Ballet, Sam also taught ballet to students ranging from age three to adult. She led summer workshops for young dancers, choreographed for the company, and acted as the young children's coordinator for the ballet school. Throughout those experiences, Sam developed a passion for teaching, which promoted a career shift, and she's in her second year here at Odyssey Community School. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let us know what is your best practice topic today. So my best practice is combining English Sign Language with ABCs in our kindergarten classroom. Awesome. So kindergarten is the year, right? It is the big year, at least at Odyssey, where we're bridging between the magic of early childhood into the elementary years. And so tell us a little bit about your process typically and then how you shifted it as you brought in American Sign Language. So last year during my first year at Odyssey, in the springtime, I began doing sign language with our kindergarten students. However, they were already reading at that point. So it was a little bit of a different approach last year than I did this year. And this year, I kind of approached learning English American Sign Language as an experiment with pairing it with a lot of students that didn't know a lot of the ABCs or reading yet. Mm. So you started from the fall thinking, okay, I want to incorporate this. Yes. And what did that look like? So we worked on sign language two times a week, two or three times a week with about 15 minutes each day. And each week I wanted them to learn at least five of the alphabet letters. So we started there. Mm -hmm. And so when they're working on repetition, does that mean in the same block you're actually spending time with them? Okay, we're going to write and now we're going to do sign or was it spread out in different sections through the day? It was spread out. It was part of our closing circle each day. Oh, awesome. And does that, what did you see in terms of repetition and how the kids were making connections happen? It was, it was interesting because some kids made connections right away and some kids had kind of a parallel track with (laughs) both writing and then also sign language. So it kind of depended on the child, what each of them got from it at first. Um, But as slowly we started learning more of the alphabet letters and also they started reading and doing phonics, they were able to sign a few letters and then also sound out the sounds and said, look, I spelled a word. So it kind of started coming together during the process of the phonics and also finishing the alphabet and sign language. Were the kids 
only learning their sign language letters or were they also learning other sign language words? We learned phrases and words too. So they learned things like mother and father. And then we did a few days of doing different animals. Um, Towards the end, we started putting together phrases. Like they learned the phrase, my favorite animal is, and then they could pick from five or six animals that we learned (laughs) and be able to say that whole sentence. Yeah, that's great. So I'm curious what inspired you to make that connection and what about it feels experimental? For me, I started enjoying sign language probably around the same age as them. And I remember learning the alphabet and really grabbing onto it. Also coming from a dance background, to me, sign language feels very choreographic. (laughs) So for me, it's a personal challenge and it feels like almost like learning a dance. Um, That's beautiful. And do you notice what... What do you notice, I guess, is what I would say in the kids' reception of it? There was a lot of different receptions at first. Some people it was really hard for, and that's part of that tactile thing with sign language too. Simply raising your pinky, some students weren't aware of which one was their pinky finger. So it really made them aware of their body. And then other students grabbed onto it right away, and I just saw them practicing all the time. And then I started incorporating sign language into our Festival of Lights performance, Mm -hmm. and they learned the lyrics to What a Wonderful World. And for me, it was a really, really fun experiment when they started saying, for example, clouds are white. They learned the sign for white. Mm -hmm. And then one day someone said, Miss Sam, your shirt is white, and they signed it. So it was great that they're able to start picking up the words with the movement and actually separating it from the song we were learning and bringing it into their everyday life. So it sounds like there, as you worked on it for several months, you're seeing that with that repetition, they're taking the skill and applying it right. in new ways. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm curious about how teaching sign language in regard both to alphabet, but otherwise to communication impacted the way that students were using their communication skills in class. And if you can talk about that. Yeah, that was something I brought up to them, too, is saying that, you know, since sign language is a form of uh, non-hearing communication, how else can we bring that into the classroom and how else can you show your emotions without using your words? So, for example, the simple sign of help, which is placing your hand on top of your other hand, um, when they needed help in the classroom, their their whole body language with that sign of help was very, very um, forced and very, um, basically they really wanted to make that statement that they needed help <laughs> versus uh-huh. something else like thank you or good morning was a much more gentle sign coming from them. So I did notice that certain words and certain phrases they put their emotion into um, and also we talked about non, nonverbal communication and how that can look to someone that can't hear and how maybe you need to use your expressions in a more stronger way to, to express how you're feeling without your words. Yeah, I love that because I he- hear that you are building some of those early um, equity skills of them looking around the room and thinking about how every person is not learning information the same way. They're not experiencing the world around them in the same way. Um, And so there's an element of building compassion in that, right? And I'm wondering when you consider about doing it next year, if you feel like the experiment was successful or even in the second, as we approach the second semester, if you and your co-teacher have thought about, okay, 
we want to continue implementing this or here's where we want to go with it? I think next semester, we're going to continue with more phrases. They know the alphabet now. They know they actually remember it really well, too. So I think now we're going to build on to more phrases and things like that because they enjoy it. However, next year, I do want to focus more on the nonverbal communication side because I did see a little bit of a shift with that, but I feel like I can implement it a little bit more in my explanation of sign language as we begin. So I think next year I'm going to put more of an importance onto how we can listen to one another with our eyes and not our ears and how sometimes if we quiet our voices, we're able to see a lot more as well. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for other folks in the um, early elementary years, what would be your recommendation when you're thinking like, hey, this is cool. I might want to implement it. Um, What you might want to share with them? I think looking up simple phrases goes a lot (laughs) farther of a way than the the whole 26 letter alphabet. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is something that would be the most beneficial to implement someone who doesn't know sign language at all and might want to start incorporating it is looking up simple phrases. Like I know many parents use phrases with young children at toddler ages, things like please and more. So I think that that goes without saying for anyone who wants to learn something new is to start at the basics to where you can actually use it in everyday life. I don't expect my kindergartners to walk around spelling things. (laughs) I would rather (laughs) them know beneficial phrases. Sure. That makes Makes total sense. Um, are there good resources that you had as you were looking toward how to implement teaching I, sign language in I class? I used a lot of YouTube videos, and then I recently downloaded uh, downloaded the ESL app that mm-hmm. kind of goes by multiple phrases in different categories that you can look up. And are you showing the kids the YouTube video, or are you teaching the lesson? What does that look like? It kind of depended on the video. Um, I really liked showing them videos of children signing because it felt yeah. like uh, they were able to see someone just like them accomplish it, especially for those that said, this is too hard, or I can't make my hand do this. It was a way to say, look, these kids practice, and they're able to do it too. Um, so I showed them a lot of the things that were more child-friendly, but I didn't show them the What a Wonderful World lyrics because I wanted to teach them that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. I What I really love about this that I just want to make a note of is that at Odyssey as a holistic school, sometimes we're trying to get kids to learn through a variety of pathways. And so it's a great way to get students into their bodies as they're thinking about how to communicate. And often, especially in the younger years, we are seeing kids, especially when they're dysregulated, kind of shoot up into their mind and not be super grounded. And so the opportunity to get a chance to use your hands to express yourself gives them a different pathway into that brain development in such a beautiful way. And it sounds like even when I hear you reflecting on it, you're saying, I can see how the kids are taking that information and then reapplying it to, to really do that brain work that's happening which is just so cool. So what what is the next frontier for you in terms of what you want to do with them? That's a great question. <laughs> I think um, just seeing how many different learners there are out there. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing sign language. I want to do a lot of visual art this semester as well and mm-hmm. see how we compare the two. I'm actually planning on doing kind of a mold between the two of them with some hand art and um, creating almost like an, a language in its own and seeing how we can kind of create uh, 
a duality between visual two-dimensional art and sign language. I love that. That sounds so exciting. (laughs) Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. (laughs) This has been Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. It was recorded here in our music studio in Asheville, North Carolina at Odyssey School, engineered by our music director, River Gargarian, and the original theme music was created by the Misfits of Cragberry, an Odyssey student band. Let's fly away in a cloud.